Our scripture today comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, or excuse me, 32, we're in 28 last week, uh, <clears throat> starting with verse 1, if you want to follow along in either the Bible, or if you're like me, you pull out your phone and use your Bible app. So if you ever see me on my phone in church, I mean, I'm, I'm being legit. <laughs> when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us. Who shall go before us? As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them and formed it in a mold and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day, offered burnt offerings, brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, give us ears to hear, hearts to know, and minds to understand your word for us this day. Amen. So have you ever played the game Two Truths and a Lie? No? Okay. It's a, it's a common youth group game. I've used it as icebreakers for Bible studies and stuff before too. And we're going to play a little bit of a one-sided version of it right now because only I'm going to be the one playing. Um, <clears throat> so here are my statements, my three statements, and you have to decide for yourself which one is the lie. I have been a uniformed member of the Linwood Police Department. I played Rizzo in my high school production of Grease. And I have run out of the Husky football team tunnel onto the field, deafened by barking. So you don't have to just think for yourself which one of those statements you think is the lie. I'm not going to take a vote. Um, but I'm pretty sure that only my family knows the answer to this. It's number two. Despite having a very talented daughter, I have never acted on stage in my life. Number one was from a time when I served as a crime prevention officer. And number three was from when I was in college and was an athletic trainer. And I don't know if you know this, but prior to every game, home game, the football players line up through the tunnel all the way back to the training room and they bark before they run on. And it's crazy loud. So... It's kind of a fun game, and it gives us a chance to know some sort of hidden trivia about another person. And it might even challenge your conception about who that person is or what their experiences have been. Do you actually know them? Or do you only know an image of them? Our scripture today dives straight into this concept. Do we worship God, or do we worship an image of God? 
Now, as with all scripture, context matters. So we need to understand that this story begins 40 days and nights after Moses had come down and talked to them about the Ten Commandments and then gone back up the mountain to get some very meticulous details about how God hoped the Hebrew people would live and worship. And you can, between chapter 28, where uh, Danny was last week, to now, it's incredibly specific. <laughs> um, the long, it's, it's interesting to go through and read exactly all the details that God was presenting to Moses at that time. And you might not think that 40 days is that long to wait, but think about this. 40 days ago from today, the new season of Game of Thrones started. 40 days ago, the number one movie in our box office was Spider-Man. 40 days ago, our biggest national news story involved the president's son and some Russians. And just over 40 days ago, not one of my children required a disabled parking permit. (laughs) So our perception of how long 40 days can be can really change with our circumstance. And for the Hebrew people, 40 days gone from the tribe was not a good thing. It likely meant that someone had died. Even Aaron, who had been up on the mountain previously and encountered the presence of God for himself, felt no assurance that Moses would be returning. And Moses had been their leader, their liberator. God had spoken directly to him and favored him with knowledge. With him gone and presumed dead, the people felt an understandable amount of panic. So they reverted to what they knew, icons. They had come from Egypt where they were surrounded by many statues and relics of a polytheistic culture. Icons that depicted a physical form of gods and were seen as representations of them. It was not uncommon to have small shrines in the corner of one's home to a specific god that you felt particularly connected to or whose favor you sought. These gods helped them understand the world and how creation worked. By saying prayers or making small offerings to these gods, they felt a sense of control over a world that was often chaotic and unpredictable. This commonality of praying to gods for weather, crop yields, health, Fertility, victory in battle, or on a hunt, that is seen in cultures all over the world. In fact, the concept of a single omniscient God was not only incredibly radical, but they'd only just been told that idea 40 days before. Have no other gods before me. And with their leader gone and their future uncertain, of course they reverted to what they were comfortable with. 
And when you understand that what they were comfortable with was these Egyptian gods, you think they could have made a statue to one of them. Ra, Osiris, whatever they felt the need. But they didn't. They made an entirely different idol of a golden calf. And they regarded this statue as a representation of the God who had just delivered them from Egypt and provided for them. And cows provide milk and are a powerful farm tool and a symbol of fertility. So we need to understand that this wasn't a group of people that were so fickle as to simply jump ship after a month and pick a whole new God. They felt that without Moses and his direct line to God, they needed to create one. The calf was meant to be a physical representation of the God that had liberated them from slavery. And they contributed all of their precious belongings and created this communal representation of God and celebrated. Their anxiety and fear were replaced with joy and relief. The Hebrew word that is translated as reveled in the NRSV is sahak. It means to play and to frolic, like puppies or kids on a playground. They believed this was good and it would mean their survival. But God has given a specific commandment against creating images or idols to be worshipped. And it's very important to understand why. And there is both a Jewish and a Christian understanding of what idolatry is. In the Jewish tradition, God is meant, is not meant to have form. God's not even supposed to be named. So to create a physical depiction of God is seen as a human attempt to limit or contain God. And God is too great for that. In the Christian tradition, we view idols as things that get in the way or in between us and God, or might serve as a replacement for God. We tend to not have an objection to imagery of God because in Jesus we understand that God had a human form. So our focus is more on anything that either replaces our worship of God or pulls us further away from God, like a love or worship of money or beauty or sex or fame. But when these two concepts of idolatry come together, we can really see what concerns God and that it's so much more than a single golden cow statue. God's concern was that people would look to the statue as if that was all there was to see or believe, or understand about God. Like two truths and a lie, the statue can only tell part of the story of God. And there is great risk that that story could be corrupted and the wrong story told entirely. Now God knows that we are tempted by idols. 
John Calvin described humans as a perpetual factory of idols. We might offer a quick prayer to the parking gods when we try to head downtown. I worked with a woman at the Science Center who had a small statue of Ganesh in her office, and right before the load-in of any new exhibit, she put a little peanut in its arms. Now, she was not Hindu, so there's a whole lot of appropriation in her action, as well as what we would call idolatry, but she was a Christian and didn't really see anything wrong with it. And as we talked about earlier, thanks to Annika, uh, we can't help but create these ideas of what it is that God looks like. Now, I'm certain that if you're over the age of 40, and maybe even if you're younger, you've seen in church or in a home a very common picture of Jesus with soft, long brown hair, white skin, and blue eyes. And I asked Allie if this church had one. And it's not the exact picture I was thinking of, but essentially, same idea. So while, yes, Jesus was a human being, there is no picture anywhere of what Jesus actually looked like. But I think we can all be pretty certain that he did not look like a British pop star from the 1970s. (laughs) But consider the incredible impact this image has had upon our Christian faith for generations. In fact, if you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable that I've pulled this picture up from downstairs, you're beginning to understand God's concern over idols. A Google image search of Jesus populates hundreds of images, and nearly all of them are white. These images of Christ in homes and churches across Europe and America dating back hundreds of years has led to Christianity being horrifically and tragically linked to white supremacy. Because a narrative was created that God is a white man. And even if you logically tell yourself that Jesus has no gender, and that Jesus was born in the Middle East, that he was Jewish, likely had olive or dark brown skin, and black hair and dark eyes, even if you know that. The image of a white Jesus has been formed into your brains since childhood. And they are hard to shake. This picture was in the whale room, right? where our zero to two-year-olds go every week in church. See, if Jesus is white, then it's only natural to think that white people are closer to God and more God-like. And therefore, scripture is written for white men, which then led to our using it to justify the enslavement and subjugation of all non-white persons. 
God's command that we not make physical representations of the divine was not for God's benefit, but for our own. They are dangerous, and they lead us down dark and deadly paths. The damaging impact of idols rests in how they live excuse me, limit our understanding of who God is. Consider preachers who've stood before congregations and declared that the more money you give, the more Jesus will favor you and reward you or heal you. And I have seen them on TV waving around the exact same Bible that I read, and yet they're proclaiming a God I have never found in Scripture. The caution from God about idols, I believe, is because in God's omniscience, God knew we had the capacity for limiting who God was and how God calls us to live. God knew we had the capacity to turn icons and idols into instruments of power and violence. And last weekend, we learned exactly how deadly idolatry is. And be. Now, the statues that were being protested weren't of God, but they represented a racism that those who believe it think comes from God. One person was so intoxicated by this idolatry, he felt justified in driving a car into a crowd full of people, killing and injuring. And Jesus weeps. Because from almost the very beginning, God's word to us, we were told, we were commanded that idolatry would separate us from the divine love of God. And it separates us from one another. But as with the worst of our human sins, God does provide us a different way to be. Our hope is found in relationship. Like my truths, two truths and a lie. The way that we spot falsehood is by knowing deeply and intimately who God is. And that only comes through direct relationship. Prayer, scripture, and reflection are how we are able to know when a false idol is speaking. And we must also be in relationship with one another. Community is essential because it serves as mirrors for one another. Bible studies are invaluable because everyone will look at Scripture with a slightly different lens that is formed by our identity and our experience. And if you don't have the opportunity for that diversity to hear how Scripture is understood by someone with a completely different life experience from your own, then like a persistent image of a white Jesus, 
you will come to hold as true only what your own experience has provided you or that has been handed down to you by those in power. Now, preaching out of the Hebrew Scriptures is really hard at times. Because these are the laws upon which we are not only building our faith, but our very values. To sit with these passages is difficult. It means we must reflect and consider where our foundations have cracked or started to crumble. We must be aware of our own golden calves, our sacred calves. Those things that we have clung to out of fear, fear that maybe God isn't protecting us or providing for us or standing with us. But the incredible assurance of our intimate relationship with Jesus means that God becomes all truth and no lie. It means we grow in intimacy and love for the divine, for the word, and for one another. The gifts and blessings of God are irrevocable. So have faith. Have hope. Be loved. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we open our hearts to you. We long for the truth that you hold out for us. We long to know those darker parts of ourselves that only you can illuminate. Help us to stand next to you as we confront them. Help us to reach out to those we have injured. And help us to examine all the different ways that we have limited you by placing you in an image or an icon or a concept that doesn't bring forth your light and your love and your grace. We seek your truth. Amen.